What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And today we will be talking about the goddess Artemis. Yes. So, um, why Artemis? I'm trying to remember why we chose Artemis after Hecate. And I don't remember. I was thinking about this last night, actually, that Artemis a lot of times gets sort of plucked um, for the the maiden. Yes. In that maiden mother crone um, distinction. And Artemis as Diana has this very long history in um, specifically Wiccan texts and in even the witchcraft texts that we've read so far. There's a lot of this reference to Diana. So I think that she's kind of the next person we have to talk about. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, So we could start out, I guess, by talking about having you tell me something about Artemis. And then I can discuss, um, I guess, Artemis and Wicca and Diana. But before we get into that, how you been? Good. I miss seeing you. I know. I've Even though I see you, you on too. Snapchat. But I, I see you on Snapchat all the time. Yeah, well, we have to see each other somehow. Yeah. How are um, you? I'm okay. I mean, I have my moments. I think you know, we all do. Yeah. We're like, it just gets all a bit too scary. And um, I think I mentioned it in the last podcast. Like, little Leo and I share something that our spouses both have to go out there and work. So it's like, uh, I wish he could just stay home. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's interesting because we were debating whether to talk about this stuff on the podcast. And I think we want to leave it up to the listeners, right? Yeah. So we're going to ask you guys to um, um, let us know. Should we discuss the world in the podcast or would it be better to escape? I kind of want to just escape into the podcast, to be honest with you, and um, not even talk about this stuff. But I don't know. I'll put a poll up on um, on our Instagram for people to vote and like let us know what you'd prefer. Yeah, that sounds good. So for now, I say we just let the outside world melt away and go to ancient Greece. All right. How's that sound? Let's do this. <laughs> so, so tell me about Artemis. Let's start with um, let's start with my sort of background. Um, for those of you who want a source for this, I would suggest theoi.com. T h e o i dot com is a really great resource we've talked about before for the um, Greek gods and Greek religion. So Artemis is the twin of Apollo, the daughter of Zeus, and she is a maiden or virgin goddess. Modern interpretation of that is that she's a lesbian. That is kind of implied textually in her myths. She surrounds herself with beautiful other maidens. They're always naked together. It works narratively, but it's never explicitly stated in any of her myths. She does technically have a canon boyfriend who is Orion, who her brother kills. Um, she is not in Greek mythology a lunar goddess. And that's kind of the big distinction that I find between like Diana and Artemis. Artemis is a goddess of maidens, of hunting, um, of young women in a variety of different ways versus... Diana, who tends to be seen as like a moon goddess, um, a little bit more motherly, like moving from that maiden into that mother 
area. Um, well, one of the things I always thought about Artemis was she was also the goddess of childbirth, right? Doesn't she protect maidens? Yes. So Artemis, one of the things that you find with most Greek goddesses is that they all protect childbirth in some capacity. Okay. So, um, yes, Artemis is does have an aspect that protects in childbirth because she is a protectress of young women. So um, it's different necessarily than, like, the way Hera or Athena purvey over childbirth, where Hera is more like, I am the mother, I am the wife, I am having a child. And Athena is more like the midwife kind of knowledge. Artemis's mm-hmm. job is to protect the mother. Although in her birth myth, um, she helped to birth Apollo. Like, she was like a midwife in a sense. She assisted in the birth of her twin. Yeah. Like gods do, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're, they're born, <laughs> but they're also fully functional. Who's her mom, by the way? Uh, I want to say it's Leto. Okay. I'm going to look it up while... Uh... No, because I thought I had written it down and I didn't. Oh, yeah, I did. Sorry. It is Leto. Oh, You're right. Good, cool. I hate being wrong. Sorry. Um, so that's deeply satisfying when I just remember things and I happen to be right. Oh, well, I mean, not for nothing. You have a lot of gods and it's not like everybody had kids with their quote unquote spouses. Like Zeus had kids with everybody. Yeah. So keeping all these people straight in your mind has got to be a, a daunting task. It, it does get tough. <laughs> Um, in Bullfinch, the chapter or like the section on Artemis in air quotes is actually in, um, it's like a little chapter about Juno or Hera and all of her rivals and Bullfinch Mm -hmm. takes the, the narrative thread and then goes, all right, well, how did Diana address people who were disrespectful to her. Um, Again, one of the reasons I I suggested we do Bullfinch is because I really think it's important that you are being cognizant of the way that the Roman and Greek gods were used interchangeably, um, especially as we approach modern times. So you have this myth, Diana and Acteon, which is a Greek myth, Originally, it's Artemis and Acteon. I love that myth. It's I love that myth. Such a good myth, and it's very indicative of who Artemis is. I think that um, the placement in Bullfinch is a little silly. You know, there's this implication putting it in the Hera chapter that like Artemis is somehow uh, there's some sort of like sexual component to it in the way that like Hera is mad at the people that Zeus is sleeping with. Diana Artemis is mad that a man is even looking at her. But I mean, to be fair, okay, she's bathing and he sees her. Um, I don't think anybody wants to be taking a bath or a shower and have somebody spying them. Now to turn him into a stag and have him torn apart uh, by his own hounds is, is, is a bit much. Maybe, maybe that doesn't fit the crime. But I do love the myth. I think it's hysterical. I don't know why. I just find it really funny. I I think it's because so many of the times when we see the goddesses, um, the Greek gods, it seems like they're always fighting about a man or about yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And to just to be just, and just because she's like, okay, um, 
I'm just minding my business. And if you're going to mess with me, well, that's not going to end well for you. So I just kind of like that. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's really telling and indicative of who Artemis is. You know, she is devoted to this idea of being a protectress of women. She is, at her core, a hunter. And when she is disrespected in any way, she's going to fall back on those two things. I think the myth would have been different if Acteon was a woman. You know, I don't think that Artemis would have turned a woman spying on her into a stag and hunted them down and murdered them. Hmm. So I think that, like, if you need a myth to understand Artemis, this is the one to start with. I I actually think I had a conversation with somebody about this. I think you did this to me. Why? (laughs) I remember having a conversation with someone and they were like, I'm I'm getting into goddess worship and I worship Artemis and I wanted to talk to you about your relationship with Artemis. And I remember being like, my Artemis is different than other people's Artemises. And here, (laughs) and here's why this, this woman, this goddess as, you know, kind of angry and kind of, um, not, not maleficent. That's not a word kind of violent and, um, you know, not this lunar goddess, not particularly, um, giving, and that distinction. I feel like I had that conversation with somebody. I don't think it was us then because recently? Maybe last year. Maybe not recently. Oh, I know who it was. I'll tell you when the podcast is over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Artemis and Wicca. So she is uh, the goddess of um, wild nature witchcraft, and women's mysteries. As Diana, she is the goddess of the hunt and, again, protects virgins and um, women Mm -hmm. in general. Um, So Artemis is seen as a moon goddess and she carries a torch or has stars circling her head, which also makes sense because she turned Orion into a star um, when her brother tricked her into killing him. So, you know, she's got the stars... um, she likes to wander in wilderness by the light of the stars or by the light of the moon or torchlight. Um, and the moon is her spinning wheel where she spins the fate of humans. Oh, well, that's very interesting. Yeah. She's also associated with the moon trinity. So you've got Selene, heaven, Artemis, earth, and Hecate, the underworld. So Selene is heaven. Oh, that's very mm-hmm. interesting because that's the distinction. Selene is the the titan of the moon. She's the titaness that that carries the moon in Greek mythology. Um, And she's seen as stern and unforgiving, especially towards men. Oh, hell yeah. So, which, you know, makes sense why we have so many covens that are dianic, um, that are just for women. Yes. So how does Artemis differ from Diana from a Hellenic point of view? Aside from the fact that Diana is Roman, but um, how similar are they or not? I mean, is this something that happened? Is that just something that happened with time and with people that are not Hellenic, just confusing the two or merging the two or? um... So part of the problem is that the Roman Empire took over Greece. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they took over a lot of places. And 
in that conquest, one of the things that Rome was really good at was kind of like, air quotes, letting people be. So they let the Greek people practice their own religion still. But um, almost it, the word is syncreticized. Synch- syncreticized? Yeah. Where they kind of combined the two religions together. And so you you kind of saw the co-opting of a lot of these Greek gods into Roman belief in a way to make it easier to assimilate. Okay. Um, almost in a similar way to the way, um, you know, like how Wiccans talk about Christmas being a pagan holiday. Right. So Diana and Artemis are intrinsically connected, right? They they technically have the same purview. They they are in charge of the same things. But the way in which these two goddesses were worshipped is kind of different. And part of the problem that I have being a modern practitioner in, you know, 2020 is that because I'm not practicing Religio Romana, I do tend to get a lot of, like, Diana as a New Age goddess kind of caught up in Diana as a Roman goddess. Oh, wow. So, like, I am pretty sure that Aradia is not Roman. I'm pretty sure that Diana does not have a daughter in traditional Roman mythology, but I might be wrong. Um, Diana... And her relationship with Apollo, I think, are much stronger. Or I guess Artemis and her relationship with Apollo is much stronger and much more pronounced in Hellenic um, mythology versus in other practices with Artemis slash Diana. Apollo and Artemis really are sort of like two sides of the same coin. Right. And two, for me, worshipping one without the other is a little bit presumptuous Hmm. i also think that like that distinction is so important because apollo was really kind of in charge of things that were that at least now are considered very womanly you know he was in charge of um music in charge of uh divine prophecy and you know when we read about oracles in ancient greece most of them were women so you have apollo who is this like male god described in a very like traditional male way but he's in charge of all of these things that we view as womanly and then you've got artemis who while she is a protectress of young women she's also a protectress of young women who are not doing the things that they're supposed to be doing you know hunting was not a woman's job in ancient greece so it's almost this dichotomy of the brother and sister who are in charge of each other's jobs that's really interesting, actually, because I, I don't think I ever thought about it that way. And you have, I mean, Apollo is also referred to as an archer. They're both very talented with a bow. But especially in modern times, when you think about them together, you think about Artemis as the goddess who is militant, who is um, strong and and has that that violent aspect. She's the one you think of with the bow. Versus Apollo, who's kind of like laid back on a couch with a lute or a lyre, you know, singing with the muses. It's a. This is where I begin when I try to explain to people 
that a close understanding of Hellenismos is still very in line with modern thought about like gender and um, like equality and that sort of thing. Because yes, if you look at it, look at these things at the surface, you do get this very like traditional sexist ideology, like, oh, Zeus has sex with everybody and his wife just has to deal with it. But when you begin to approach more closely, you can, like, Artemis is not just sitting around on a doily, like, you know, crocheting and talking and gossiping with her girls. She's out there hunting and killing and being the best with a bow that anybody's ever seen. So how is this reflected in Greek society, is my question. In other words, having these goddesses that broke stereotype was greek society i'm bad with history so that's why i'm asking (laughs) was greek society more open ancient greek society more open what we have to recognize about greek society is that there's a lot less cultural oversight you didn't have um you know you didn't have printed books you didn't have magazines you didn't have um these really large cities and social gatherings the way that we do in our modern society and so a lot of these stories are are passed on verbally. We don't know as much about like the everyday Greek citizen in the whole of Greece. There absolutely might have been, you know, women out there doing the hunting and and doing these jobs that we don't really know about because all we have contextually is like what was written in Athens, what was written in Sparta. And if you look at Sparta specifically, women were given a lot of the benefits that men were given. You know, they were treated with a lot more respect. They all had um, very different rights as far as, like, protections from the city-state government. Um, I always kind of compare Sparta to the Vikings. I think the Vikings had a much better system. They were sort of, like, the best at it. But Sparta really did treat women with the respect that is due to a person who is producing your soldiers. Um, so I think that, you know, having these goddesses like Artemis, who is a protector of women, but who is a huntress, Athena, who is, you know, very much about crafts, but is also um, a wartime strategist, there was this idea that, like, yes, you know, I'm very air quotes right now, women are inferior, women just have to give give us babies, But it wasn't quite as patriarchal as we're seeing today. And and reality is that the patriarchy didn't exist in Greek society the way that it exists now. Was it male-dominated? Absolutely. But I think the patriarchy refers to a much more modern concept that we shouldn't try to retroactively inflict on these cultures that we're not we're not a part of and we don't have as much knowledge on or as much research on. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I think it does. Okay, um, good. You know, you mentioned Athena and I have a special connection to Athena, actually. Um, she is the logo of my college where I got my bachelor's. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, of course, y- you go to school and you see her everywhere. So I had to, like, look her up. So she was one of the first Greek goddesses that I kind of, like, did a deeper dive on when mm-hmm. I was in college. Because I was like, okay, who is this chick? Why is she on Why is she on this That's logo? really funny because Athena was actually my introduction to 
being a practicing Hellenic as well. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. What is it about Athena? This is Artemis's episode. So we really I know. <laughs> went to Athena. Now I like want to talk about Athena. Okay, well, so let's put her on the uh, list. Uh, I will say this. I think that Artemis and Athena are very much the two goddesses in Greek mythology that are the entry points. I think we started mm. with Hecate because we are very much a um, sort of like a new age spiritual podcast. And I think Hecate is deeply tied into our religious and spiritual and witchcraft practices in a way that like, yeah, we, we need to talk about that first. But for those of us who start witchcraft as young women trying to um, discover our own inner power, Artemis and Athena are really the two goddesses, at least the two Greek goddesses that I find people are most attracted to because of that dichotomy, this idea that they are very proud women and, you know, deeply in touch with what is seen as traditional for women, but with more. They kind of give you the permission to be more than just a traditional you know, everyday girl. I think also when it comes to Athena, one of the things that I always loved about that myth was how she was born. Yeah. The idea that she came out of Zeus's head. Um, not because she didn't really have a mother, but because of the intellect, because that's what she is. And there's no other male god like her. Yeah. Right. Nobody else was born that way. Nobody else has the characteristics that she has. So, you know, I don't remember the first time that I read about Athena. I mean, like I said, when I went to college, I was like, I want to learn more. But um, but I just remember thinking, wow, because I think I just took for granted that a lot of these older societies, and like you said, because Zeus is always running around and other men are running around, that it's, you know, a patriarchy where women are second. And when you hear, I guess, the the amazing way she was born and what she represents is just very empowering and, and makes you want to read more. So yeah. yeah, you're right. I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, the opposite can be said for um, Aphrodite. Well, I think we could do entire episodes on both Athena and Aphrodite. Yeah. I, I could really like, we could, all of the, they all start with a, which stresses me out a little bit thinking about it right Why? now. Cause <laughs> as a, as like a writer, they, they always tell you, like, oh, don't have too many characters that have the same, like, letter starting their name. True, true. And then I'm just like, oh, wow, every goddess that we're talking about right now, <laughs> their name starts with A. But, um, yeah, I think Aphrodite also deserves, like, a, an in-depth analysis because I think that there's a lot more to her than just, like, I'm hot. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. But just when we're talking about stories, or, you know, origin stories, and Artemis is interesting, and Athena, and then, you know, then there's Aphrodite. And you're like, yeah, okay, you're beautiful, and you have this, like, you know, foamy entrance into the world. Congratulations. Just, you know, I don't know. I want to talk about this, but I don't know if I if we should talk about it right now. <laughs> no, no, this is still Artemis. I do want to go back to Hecate for a second. Yes, let's just talk about all the goddesses. <laughs> I think that um, the other reason why it was good to start with her is because she's the most versatile in different traditions. Mm -hmm. You know, as a Wiccan, I cannot say that I have a relationship with Artemis 
uh, Diana, whatever, um, either sense. I mean, I know about them. I think I, when I study Artemis, I've really studied Diana. Yeah. Because she's most Wiccan central. I don't know. Uh, Wiccan centric or whatever. She can be applied to Wiccamore yeah. or she has been applied in Wiccamore. Um, but Hecate seems to be everybody's goddess. Like everybody's got a little bit of Hecate. Um, yeah. And maybe that's why we, we started with that. Because it's a good entry point. No matter what your tradition is, chances are you've either worked with her, heard of her, or curious about her. Um, not that you're not curious about the other goddesses, but yeah. Yeah. I think um, I am... Actually, I want to ask this of you because you have significantly more knowledge about Wicca than I do. Who would be the mother then, right? If Artemis is the maiden and Hecate kind of gets shoved into being the crone... Who's the mother in that trio? Um, okay, so that's hard because... I know, right? Well, because I'm, I don't really work with the Greek gods, so I don't know that I would have a right answer. The one that came to my head immediately was Hera. Okay. And it's not because she's a great mother, per se, but by being the wife of Zeus, she's kind of mother to all. Yeah, that is in my mind. deeply accurate, that statement. So I guess if I had to choose a mother, it would be Hera. Because that's, I guess when I see it in my head, I see the progression as like Artemis, Diana, Hecate. And that doesn't work, for me at least, because it, it is melding those traditions together. But I think that Artemis and Hecate have a connection in their sort of maiden goddesshood Right, they they are both technically maidens in Greek mythology, so trying to find a Greek goddess that fits into that as the mother, while still respecting the way that I see Artemis and Hecate, is very very difficult. Well, okay, so if we jump out of who they actually are and go to the metaphor of who they are. If you're thinking about the end of life, the wisdom that comes at the end, then Hecate makes sense because right. she is the underworld. I mean, that's the only way that I could see her being a crone. And that makes sense to me. Um, not because she is a crone, but because of what she represents. Yeah. So maybe that's, maybe that's really when we're talking about maiden mother crone, um, that's more of what we're really going for. We're really going for those aspects that represent that, not so much are they mothers? Are they maidens? Are they, you know, what do they represent? What have they been known to represent? And do they fit that? Yeah. I think we get really hung up on the accuracy of how old are they? Did they have kids? Well, she can't be a mother figure because she was a maiden and virgin. And it's like, okay, wait a minute. What yeah. were their roles? You know, if their roles are to protect or to whatever, well, that's a mom. And you could, you could even put them in a mom role then if you wanted to, because... Um, if they are protecting groups of people, if they are caring for people, then that's a parent. So, um, I think we, I, I don't know, personally, I think we have to be a little bit more flexible with the maiden mother crone thing, um, and respect what the goddesses represent. And if their representations fit and you want to see them in that aspect, I think that's okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think that's a really good take. I also feel like I have to, like, as we approach the end of the episode, point out that, like, again, in Hellenismos, you're not, like, 
working directly with the gods like every single day and for everything you do so as much as you can work with artemis i feel like part of what i do is just knowing a lot about artemis because in reality if i'm leaving an offering to her basically one of her daemons is going to come pick it up like a spirit will pick it up for her she's not showing up and and taking it herself um helenion has the calendar if there are certain days that you want to worship Artemis, they're sort of listed there, like what days were traditionally associated with her. But a lot of what my religious practices is just knowing who the gods are and what they might like me to leave out for them. You know, I, I don't really work. Well, I mean, I do work with the gods. It's just, I don't know. I feel like there might be a misconception about how much work is involved with the gods. You're kind of working on your own. The gods will come in if they want. Mm-hmm. On a Wiccan side, I mean. Um, and I have my altar and I have my devotions, but I'm not... Like, what I do is what I do. And I'm not really asking them for stuff. So I don't know that it works that differently. Except for, like you said, they don't ever pick it up themselves. Yeah, I think that's, like, the biggest distinction is, like, there yeah. are spirits who whose job it is to be like, yo, Artemis, here's this alcohol that this chick poured out for you. Do you like it? And Artemis will be like, yeah. And then the daemon will be like, cool, I'm going to go give her some like positive energy. And if Artemis is like, no, she's like, cool, I'm going to ignore her. Right? Like, it's, it, there's an intercessionary thing that you kind of have to go through. Did you ever feel like you were ignored? Like, was there ever anything you did? And then it was like, oh, man. So-and-so is not pleased. Um, my problem is is that I make a lot of promises to um, specifically Hermes's daemons. And then I don't follow through. And then I get like a ton of red lights. And I'm like, frick, I forgot to do the thing. And then I do the thing and like I get green lights. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I don't... Um, I don't have a super like close relationship with Artemis. So I don't have any kind of like cool story about like oh i did this and then this happened i've definitely been ignored by athena i think athena ignored the shit out of me when i was like in college and i was practicing like like learning other traditions and like trying to figure out what i wanted and i don't think athena liked that (laughs) but um or you know athena's daemons didn't like that but i not particularly I don't think Hermes ever purposefully fucks with me, but I do think when I make promises to like leave offerings for him at certain places and the daemons have heard me say that and then I don't do that. And then they're like, well, no, every light is red now indefinitely until you do the thing. I had a sense that there was something that um, my God definitely wanted on the altar. And I said, okay, I promise I'm going to get it today. And then I went out and I said, wow, I really hope I can find the thing. And I did. It was really weird. I found it. And I, and I, I, I was so excited when I got home. Yeah. You know, I, not much of a story, just, you know. <laughs> no, but that's, that's wonderful. And it, I mean, I guess for me, that's like my ADHD that gets in the way of my religious practice, because like I say that I want to do things, and then I get distracted. <laughs> and then like three days later, I come back to it. And I'm like, oh, shit. I said I was going to do this. Um, I don't know if maybe the answer is like, don't say things anymore. <laughs> but 
Yeah, like I, I want to do a lot of stuff, and most of the stuff that I want to do is buying alcohol and pouring it out because that's that's mostly how I do offerings at this point. But I forget a lot, so it's okay to be a bad <laughs> uh, spiritual practitioner because everybody does things in their own way. Yeah, we've talked about that. It's definitely okay to like not be on top of your game with yeah. everything. Yeah, you know that's why we're not gods; we're people. Oh my god, I would be the worst god. Is there a worst god? Is there like the god of lazy? So Is that Bacchus? <laughs> he's not... Yeah, okay, I'm gonna... Yes. Yes, that's Bacchus. Because I know nothing about Bacchus as a Roman god. Um, Dionysus is cool as hell. We should definitely do an episode on him. Because the, okay. the myths that go with him, I feel like, are pretty obscure. But also, like, the coolest shit. All right. So if, okay, so if somebody is Wiccan and they're like, okay, I'm kind of like vibing with Artemis, what would be your advice? Do we have to stick to the Greek tradition? Do we have to, do, is there flexibility to like see Artemis as other Wiccans do? What would you say about that? I am not going to pretend like I don't always get a little bit annoyed listening to the different interpretations of my gods. But that's not fair, you know, especially as a person who constantly says, like, I'm a revivalist, I'm a revisionist, I practice in a modern context. It is, it would be deeply, deeply arrogant of me to say, no, you cannot worship the gods in your own way. Um, and, like, hubris is kind of a big deal <laughs> in Greek religious practice. So I, I will say that I am not going to be hubristic here. Um, you you should worship the gods however you're called to. For me, I was very much called to this sort of more traditional practice. But I think that saying, you know, oh, you can only worship Artemis in this specific way does a disservice to the people who are genuinely out there giving her you know, offerings, worshiping her, giving her the respect that I think she deserves just because I am doing it in a different way. Sounds good. Part of it is also like, I think very early in season one, I talked about the idea of being like a hard polytheist versus a soft polytheist. And so sometimes I'm even thinking about it as like, okay, well, my Artemis is different than your Artemis. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I don't think anybody should tell anybody else what to do. I think as long as you're not, like, completely ignoring the traditional associations. Like, if you try to tell me that, like, Artemis is, you know, the goddess of wine and poetry, I'm going to be like, okay, you don't know what you're talking about. But as long, right. as, you, as, long as you're being respectful, I don't, I don't think anybody should tell anybody how to worship you know? Sounds good to me. I'm going to go worship Artemis now. No, I, I'm kidding. I'm just <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> All right. I think that this is a, this is a wrap for uh, Artemis. Yeah. I'm very excited. I feel like I just like accidentally spawned like three more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't even decided what's going to be the next reading. So 
I guess yeah. we'll talk about that now and figure out what it is we're going to do for that one. Yep. And um, I guess that's it until the new moon. Oh, my goodness. Everybody go take quarantine walks and, like, take pictures and tag me in them because I'm really enjoying discovering new things. Oh, especially if you're planting. Oh, my God. I know it's, it may sound crazy, but here's a, a thing from about Scorpio. I love to see plants and flowers. So if you want to tag us, <laughs> it would make me so happy to just see tons of plants and flowers and, you know, your fur babies. and Yeah, just tag us in everything. Yeah, all the happy things, like, you know. That's it. All right. Well, thank you so much to Sean McShane for your amazing intro and outro music. Yes. And thank you to everybody who's listening. Hope you're all staying safe and keep reaching out to us. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, if you're following the moons, you're following us. <laughs>